You could say that Bill Haas is a frequent inhabitant on the ballot. After all, the Harvard-educated attorney has run for state representative, St. Louis alderman, lieutenant governor, and congressman. And now Haas is making his fifth bid to become St. Louis's mayor. Haas joins us next on another edition of Politically Speaking. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Merzenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. That's Eric Reitens, Navy <laughs> SEALs running for governor, and I'm really, really glad to be on with you, Jason and Joe. I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. And welcome to the Politically Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio today is fellow reporter and fan of the film She's All That. <laughs> Joe Manis, who, who I've been vacant for a few weeks because I was doing some other stories and was also in Chicago because I'm a fan of something else, Hamilton, which I finally saw. And I, I thought you were just watching She's All That on repeat. <laughs> and my other co-host today. Rachel Lippman. I have not seen Hamilton or She's All That or Risky Business, which apparently lowers me in the esteem <laughs> eyes of some of the people in this room here. And uh, we are continuing our series of interviewing the candidates for St. Louis mayor. We have as our special guest today. Bill Haas. You're a member of the St. Louis uh, School Board. Four terms, St. Louis elected school board. Two of them, we had governance and the last two terms I've been on, including at present, we haven't had governance. Have you ever seen the film She's All That? I've never heard of it, to be honest. <laughs> That's okay. I'm Let's sorry. That's uh, mortifying. Am I disqualified? No more so than I am at this point, then. <laughs> I was just going to ask you if you thought Usher should have had a bigger play in that play in that movie, but since you've never seen it, we're going to have to save that to another day. Usher's a musician? Yes, he's a musician. Yes. All right, so I got the, the, the backup question. Now, now, I've known Bill for, what, at least 20 years? Or 25. And so how how long have you been running for office? I mean, I want our readers to be, our readers and listeners, readers to, and be aware, listeners. to be aware that you've been an activist on the political stage in St. Louis for a long time. Sure. So this is related to one of my, um, I've never been interviewed by three people before. If I can't, I ought to get used to it if I'm going to be the next mayor. I. Um, it's related to my one of my favorite issues that, I'm a serious candidate and deserve a level playing field that I haven't got. So let me tell you what I see as my credentials that have uh, made me believe that a level playing field would would be nice. Um, Yale and Harvard Law School, and I was an assistant law director 40 years for Kucinich in Cleveland, who became a a congressman. Four years or 40 years? 40 years. Did I? You said 40 years. 40 years ago. Oh, was, 40 years ago. 40 Continue. years ago. Yes. Um, 77 to 79. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, that's when my ambitions for mayoral um, public service evolved. I was in VISTA between um, college and law school doing community organizing where Obama did in Chicago and Detroit during the Vietnam War. So my interest in public service goes back that far. And I've been chasing it in St. Louis 25 years. This is my fifth run for mayor. I've won four elections for school board. I've won a very competitive congressional primary in the second, outspent 25 to 1. I was third out of eight in the Democratic primary for lieutenant governor, outspent 10 to 1, 12% statewide. I pretty much carried 
St. Louis, except for Susan Monty, I presume. And um, I've gone everywhere I've invi- been invited. I've always put my money where my mouth is, twenty to 25000 every election. And um, I, I think I've been given some gifts for public service, and I'm trying to find the, the place where God wants me to use them. Everybody acknowledges I probably have the best ideas uh, in most races I've run for, and other people are picking them up, and that's flattering. But if they're my ideas, I'd like to be the one to implement them at City Hall. No, I looked at your results when you've run for mayor, because as you alluded to, there have been some races that you've won where you've done better than others, like when you won the second congressional primary, when you got third for lieutenant governor. Well, with the exception of 1993, where you ran as an independent and got 15 percent, your other times you've you've gotten anywhere from like below one percent to three percent. Well, I I, I did uh, four school board races. I kicked butt pretty good. But we're talking about for mayor. Well, we are. Right. And, so, so what um, what has driven you to continue to run for mayor? Well, so it gets back um, when I first decided that I wanted to be mayor. It was back in Cleveland, then I moved here at age 44 and 88, and I said, if God wants me to be mayor, it'll be St. Louis, so that's sort of ambitious. But so I guess it's close to 30 years we've known each other. Time flies. Go well, ahead. It does. And um, I've always thought that um, most of the changes that can be made in issues that our country cares about, crime, education, housing, jobs, um, not all of them, medical care is probably better at the national level, um, can be made at the local level. And one of the problems with urban politics is that anytime somebody gets to be good, they take the first ticket to Washington, Congress or Senate, and so a lot of the talent is there. That's where the money and the women or men or power or glory is. But I always thought that if you were really an ambitious public servant to do well, you should stay at the local level until you make a difference. And then I lost for that four times, first against Bosley, then against Bosley and Harmon, then against Bosley, Harmon, and Slay, and um, then against Slay and— Irene Smith. Irene Smith. Uh, so running against incumbents is not—there's not a lot of capital in that usually. But I thought I might have a chance, so I did. I stayed out of it in 2009 and 2013 because I didn't have a chance. So this one I was thinking of not running for, but as it played out, I decided that you never know what God's plan is. So I paid my $1,350. And so I've long believed that God, I, I'm spiritual and I'm comfortable with that, and that God wouldn't have given me these gifts I have to make changes if she didn't want me to find well, a I gotta ask before place we, to use before them. Before we pitch it to Rachel, where do you get this money to run for, for office, either for the $25,000 or for the, the, the entry fee? Well, I, 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 there's a couple different answers. In um, 93, I just won a quarter million in the Illinois lottery, yes. you know, so I spent 125000 of it. I, I thought it was guardian angel money, and I thought they wanted me to be mayor, and I didn't want to be cheap by $50 and lose it by 50 votes, so I spent 125 of the net 160 um, chasing my dreams of public service, and I wouldn't do it any differently. If God had a plan to get me elected, that got me the name recognition, that got me on the school board, that got me noted for being a serious candidate, um, good on the issues, and um, helped me with my other races I've done well in. And so who knows what God's plan is? But I've always felt that if I have these gifts for me not to continue to chase them, thinking that God must have a plan f- 
for a place for me to use them would be disrespectful to her that she, and not have faith that she knew what she was doing and not have faith in myself that if you people say why don't you give up well if you believe you have a contribution to make to to make why would you give up it's what i want to do with my life and life doesn't guarantee you anything but it's always helpful to follow your dreams because you never know what god has planned for so you so the other part of your money though i mean cuz since since you did spend well, most a lot of um, money the first well time. i corporate lawyer 20 years and i had a teaching profession um for 15 and and some um customer service and retail management but um the short version is for a long time every two years i'd put twenty thousand dollars on my credit card and i'd take two years to pay it off and then i'd run again so um state rep is not all paid off i don't think and then i ran for our uh and then i ran for alder person in congress so i have some money on my credit cards but um, the bank has me confused with somebody else. They keep raising my credit limit because I keep paying off the the, the uh, cards on time. So you're telling me right now you're and like I have twenty five thousand in in my in my campaign account. Okay, like I, I would, do. So are you like fifty or seventy five thousand dollars in debt from running for the last races, or have you paid some of that off? No, I have. I'm um. I, I'm um before uh before recently. I was uh, less than twenty thousand okay, on credit okay. cards. Just want to make sure, and, and it's about the same now. shift into sort of talking about some of the issues we've been bringing up to all the candidates and want to start with an area where you're probably most familiar which is education the mayor wouldn't have direct say over the public schools regardless of whether the SAB or the elected board has power what role would you see the mayor having in education in the city so this is the first interview where I haven't had my speech in front of me. I have it on note cards, but there's no time to look at it. But if I don't know this by now, I'm not going to. So what I've been saying is that any candidate who doesn't have education on their list of issues doesn't deserve consideration. And any candidate who doesn't think the mayor can do something about them doesn't deserve people's votes. So everybody talks about crime. And my line is, and it was in the post, and it's a good line, is that if we don't address the causes of crime, our grandchildren are still going to be asking for 200 more police on their street. So ed, the way you solve crime is um, to address education. And I've had three ideas on that. Um, we need a short term. There's other things you can do about crime in the short run, but you really got to address education. That's where the crime's coming from. Kids who were not A, B, and C students and then dropped out and are angry and don't have any other options except shooting each other or um, strangers. Um, and uh, so a short-term and long-term, a medium-term, long-term plan for education. Funding, it's a little complicated, but that's a separate issue. So in the short run, the mayor needs to bring education, job training, and jobs to, I affectionately call them thugs on the street who ha don't have any other options. Um, their families fail them in many cases. Their, um, the education cer system certainly failed them. And as Chief Joseph said, of the Nez Perce tribe said after the army chased him for them for a year and they they were out of clothes they were out of food uh, most of their leaders were killed and he put down his arms and he said we will fight no more forever okay you I know, need to just stop right there thugs what? on the street do you understand how that could be seen as offensive to people yes I've taken that point before so um, to call them um, troubled or misguided youth I don't know if that makes people feel any better, but the ones who are 
um, the ones who are committing crimes, if you're on the street and you don't have anything else to do, you're not going to be up to any good. So I, I, I've said that I mean it affectionately and fondly. And um, I could tell you the story how we were trying to do a tutoring program in the schools and Floyd Cruz said, Let, let's keep on track. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and he said, I said, we need the better and older students in the program. He said, yeah, and you need some thugs, too. So what he meant is you need some troubled youth telling their younger brothers and sisters about good behavior patterns because it would rub off on them. But in any case, we're going to if we have to have T-shirts saying Bill's thugs and on the back of the shirt, instead of saying school to prison pipeline, it says street to college pipeline. Let's not get this. You, we can get distracted by whatever you want, but we need to bring education, jobs, and job training to the youth on the street who don't have any future. And as Chief Joseph said with the, we will fight no more forever, we need to say to our youth, we will fail you no more forever, and we've got to mean it and we and do it. So, so that's in the short term. So, so how do you do that as mayor? Right. Then? Right. I mean, because the mayor, well, we as have you want to emphasize, the mayor has no direct control over the schools. These aren't even schools. These are kids on the street with no options, and you need to bring education, jobs, and job training to them. And if we have to go block by block, and we will, and I will, um, the line I use, are there any thugs who want some job training today? And you've got to go, and generations of white folk have lied to them, and they may not believe that you're sincere, so if we have to go back as often as, as it takes until they um, accept the jobs and job training and education, it takes some money. So we'll have to find some money for that. Um, where the jobs are is uh, 25 years ago, I said we need to put 1,000 gang members to work building houses. And people snickered because it's so ambitious. Cities are doing it. Now it's computer programming that... Um, are what factory jobs sometimes used to be. And um, you have to pay them for it. And, uh, and, and so an, another tactic that people are using on crime that's related is they, they know who are likely to commit a homicide. It's the ones with frequent offense, the frequent offenders, especially on gun offenses. And, you, and cities have gone to them and they said, here's the deal. We're gonna start enforcing the frequent offenders law and you're gonna be in jail, because these kids only have two options at the moment for their life. They're going to be dead or and they're going to be in prison. We got to present uh, present them with other options. And here's your alternative: we're going to pay you to get your math and reading skills, and do some job training, and a decent job that gives you an option. So, uh, so to take the jobs to them when you haven't yet taken the jobs to everybody else may seem a little unfair. But that's in our own interest to do that. And um, what they're saying about kids on the street are what they have said about kids in school. The key to success is a longitudinal relationship with a caring adult. If they don't have anybody in their life, if they had anybody in their life who cared about them, they probably wouldn't be out doing this. But if they didn't have the, they didn't drop out because they were good students. So they, they need some skills and uh, we need to give it to them. And if I have to be the, care, the, longi the caring adult that they have a longitudinal relationship with, if we can take this to 100 and 200 kids, we can, reduce crime. Do you honestly think if you're calling some of these kids thugs, they're well, going to listen to you? I may not call them that. You, you the, just did face. like, no, like five face. minutes ago. I think you're getting distracted. I think that's a... Um, I, 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 but, but I, I, understand. I take I, your point, but I think it's certainly if they're shooting people or each other, I don't... It, it's... Um, 
But it captures, but as mayor, we need to give them alternatives to life they lead. Well, now. I want to ask and, you, and that's and, oh. and that's the answer. And I, I, somebody told me that the word thug is equivalent to the N word. So I'm sensitive. Well, to, I'm sensitive okay. to that. But well, let's, let's, but people take get the point. If they're not doing anything except shooting e- each other or 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 somebody who looks like themselves or somebody who looks like uh, who doesn't look like who looks like us um, we have to give them options well, and that's the key okay well so let's, that's in the short term you asked me about education and well I, I want to ask I, one more education question okay. I, I have okay. two more points to make in the middle term in in the uh, short uh, middle term you need eighth graders graduating at a hundred percent not seventy percent of the 70% who are graduating, and I find it hard to believe it's that high, it used to be 50 or 60, half of them don't have the skills they need to compete. So you need a, um, a eighth grade initiative with the business community, uh, summer jobs, school year jobs, tutoring and mentoring, and a promise of a job or college after graduation if they stay in, in school and get the skills they need to compete. In the long run, if you had to change one thing about our community, that solves everything. It's third grade reading scores. Now, it'll take a generation for them to graduate, but we have less than 40% reading at grade level in third grade, and we all know that schools in um, New England are building prison cells based on third grade reading scores. Have, 60% of them have no life ahead of them, and what we need is a second. You need three things to address that. You need small classrooms, and we have now in the St. Louis schools 18 or under kids in a class through second grade. You need it through third grade. We know in pre-K which ones are behind. You need regular testing to make sure they're staying on track. And the thing, we're, the piece we're missing is you need a second qualified adult in the classroom to deal with discipline problems and those who are falling behind. And when I heard on KMOX that it takes $12 million to hire an additional 200, million, 200 police that we need, I, on the, I was on the phone within 30 seconds with Kelvin Adams saying, how much is it going to cost to put a second adult in that classroom? And he said, you mean a, like an assistant teacher? I said, yeah, they don't have to be certified. They just have to be qualified. He was back to me within an hour. It takes between 10 and $12 million to put a second adult in that classroom. So to, to spend $43 million on a soccer stadium when we don't have money for police and we don't have money for city services and we don't have money for education, that's just crazy. So we need to find the money for the police and we need to find the money for that, um, that, uh, second, carry, that second qualified adult in the early childhood classrooms and for an eighth grade initiative, although maybe the business community will come up with that money. And the jobs and job training to youth on the street we will find the money. We'll need a sales tax. This is a terrible sales tax we have on the ballot now, and I'm against it. I'd rather have police than police cameras, and I'd rather have money for education instead of a North-South Metrolink, and definitely not. Um, when they give me 40, so everybody's cheering because it's only going to cost us $45 million for the soccer stadium. When people like Scott Ogilvie and Lewis Reed start voting for that on the committee, you know what we need? We need a new committee. That's $45 million. Scott Ogilvie was the one who said that with that money, you could pay police officers another couple thousand a year. So um, when, when, the, when the community gives me $45 million, for more police and for my education initiatives, then they can have their damn soccer stadium and not before. I, does that answer your question uh, on education? One of the things that I see as a challenge for the St. Louis public school system is that there are a lot of primarily white, middle, and upper class parents, like myself, who have a choice between sending their kids to public school, private school, or charter school. 
as mayor, how are you going to convince more people in the city who have means to take their kids elsewhere to send their kids to the St. Louis public schools? So I'm not going to convince them. The schools are going to convince them. When we have all the child children in third grade reading at grade level, when we have 100% graduation rates, um, they will make. They have the right to make the decision where to send their kids to school. And all our schools are as good as um, some of our magnet schools are. They will make the decision to send the, the kids to schools them, uh, the public schools themselves. And it's not my job to tell them to send their schools to schools they don't think are good for their children. It's up to the school administration and the mayor working with the school administration to make the schools so good that they want to um, send their kids to the school. So my vision as mayor of St. Louis after four years, I think I might need five, so we'll have to extend the term maybe a year, is 100% of our third graders reading at grade level, 100% of our eighth graders graduating, and um, jobs and job training to the troubled and misguided youth on the street who don't have any options other than shooting each other or somebody else, and the crime will drop precipitously. And then businesses and um, sports teams will be stepping all over each other to, to move to St. Louis, and uh, th then middle-class families will be comfortable moving back into the city and those who live here now sending their kids to the public schools. Um, one more point. When I was first on the board, we were talking about charter schools, and we invited um, Edmonton, Canada School Administration to come visit us. And what they said is whenever a charter school came up, they put a public school right across the street from them and made sure that that public school was more competitive than the charter school. And that's how they dealt with charter schools. Come on! Okay, now I want to shift gears a little bit because while, that. while your focus is on education because you're a school board member, as we mentioned. No, it's not because I'm a school board member. It's because I'm a mayoral candidate. If right. we don't solve the causes of crime, our grandchildren will be asking for 200 more, and, and, the, and the cause of crime is poverty, and the solution to poverty is education. Okay. I know you know that. You're, yes. You're smarter than I am. I don't know about that. You should that. run for mayor. But, but here's my point. You were mentioning about the money that's needed for some of this stuff. Yes. Now, okay, if you, if you look at police, which the mayor does have control over now, <clears throat> okay, there's been estimates, and this has come up at a forum that I just was at a day or two ago, mayoral forum. Yeah, one that, that, that I wasn't... Um, invited to and they said it was because i wasn't sent i didn't fill out a survey they didn't send me a survey okay now so let, there was an agenda there to we'll exclude. give you an opportunity to address what you wanted to address right. during that forum right. so let, joe go ahead joe and right 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 the point I'll, is is that i hold you to that is that there were some of the candidates who said that we're about 200 police officers short of what we need to be yet other candidates who said um uh, to to Shar Jones, for example, was is recommending that social workers and others more more people with those professions be hired by the police department to try to help. So my point is, what is your vision for what needs to be done at the police department, and where would you get the money to pay for this? All right, so those are good questions, as all yours always are. Um, we're authorized for 130 more police, as I understand. I get that from Lida. Um, she thinks that we need even more than that and others, up to 200. Um, the figures for hiring 200 more is 12 million a year. Um, there's other things you can do about crime in the short run. Um, the best thing you can do, according to Jennifer Joyce, is requiring lockboxes in cars 
because break-ins are where most of the guns used in gun crimes come from. There's maybe a problem with state law, but we need to try. Um, you can take um, conflict resolution to the youth on the street. There's a housing project in Queens that you probably saw the article in the New York Times. It's about 70 square blocks have had no homicides in a year. And one, it's several things. One of the ways they do that is when they know there's going to be a confrontation between kids, they get intermediaries in there to say, you know, if you shoot somebody, it's going to damage your life. So it gives them an option to save their pride. So that's all you got when you're on the street with no options is your pride. It's over shoes and insults and you need they need a better life we failed them a couple times um we need to be there for them so the money is is tricky um i'm this sales tax we can't use for police pay uh the county has a sales tax they are using for police pay so i asked mike falk of the post dispatch a month ago four questions he hasn't addressed them but i'll have the opportunity to address them as mayor why can they use the money for police and not uh, we? Um, if, if we can't use it for police, where does the money come from? General Revenue Fund. The money we're raising with the sales tax, can we use it for something else that frees up money for police? Um, if we can't, what law do we have to change to have a sales tax? I want, you can't keep going back to the people for a sales tax. So if, you, if this one passes, and I don't think it will, um, you won't be able to go back to them. So you go back to them for a sales, a half percent sales tax that raises half for police, 12 million, and, and um, McKee gets part of it. That part I don't understand. And um, 12 million, I need 12 million a year for 200 more police. I want 12 million a year for my second qualified adult in early childhood education. And we need, and the business community needs to step up on the eighth graders. And we're going to have to find so I'm going to do it with a sales tax. The other idea I have for raising money, and it's going to take a couple of years, is to, leg is to put a referendum to the people, because you can't impose it on them, a um, legalizing and taxing the use of recreational marijuana. Now, to do that when you don't, it's not approved by state law, it's a little complicated. But let's, there was Yeah, a, a little tricky. The, there. Well, there was a governor once who, uh, after Supreme and Court- And it's also illegal federally. Well, but <laughs> they've sort of backed off for the well, moment. We don't know what Trump, what, what Trump will do. Um, there was a governor once after a Supreme Court case said, they passed it, let's see them enforce it. So I don't want to get into it with the state, but it's good to get that on our radar, but it'll take a couple of years to implement. So in the meantime, I want a sales tax that pays for police and education. And you ask what the mayor can do about education. If I have $12 million or more that I'm authorized to use with the school district for, because they can't, we just went to people for a property tax increase. We're not going to be able to do that again anytime soon. I want, here's $12 million, Kelvin. I have a good relationship with him. I've built it over years. That'll be helpful as mayor. Let's hire that second qualified adult in the classroom and the business community you know, they will do what's in their own interest. They want a safe city, too. They want a city with good education, too. And if you've read my novel, um, what the mayor does when he's elected, pink, collar, blue, is he goes to the business community, which I'm going to do, and he says, here's the deal. I need you to step up to my school district. I want eighth graders graduating. I want third graders reading. And I want the kids who have dropped out having jobs. And when you do that, you can have all the toys you want. You can have your soccer stadium. What's up with improvements for Scott Trade without a vote of the people? And the older people who are, who are going to pass that $70 million. You know how much I can do on education and police with $70 million? That's just crazy. Would you keep Sam jo Dodson in his job? Well, that's a nice question. And most of the 
uh, people say, a lot of them I respect, say that he has to go. I think for me to commit to that is um, is uh, somewhere between prideful and unprofessional. So what I would do, and I hope I get the opportunity to do it, is to find out what all the criticisms are of him and invite him to the office. I should go to his office. You know, you have to show respect and say, here are what people are saying about your leadership. What do you think the other side of these concerns are? And can we find the middle ground to make a better police department and with you as police chief. And then I think we should see how it goes. And there's something to be said for an African-American uh, police chief. And people like my friend Antonio were talking about bringing somebody from out of town. I'd always rather have homegrown, homegrown talent in our um, in our city departments than somebody from, you're telling me there's nobody in the police department, black or white, who could, would make a good police chief? I, I would try to work with him, and the only change, I sort of like him, I, in, I, he and I dialogued a little when he was thinking of mayor. Mm -hmm. I seem not to have got the email that they sent to all the white people telling them to get out of Lida's way so she would have a clear shot. That's why I'm a pariah in the Democratic Party, among other reasons, I presume. But I would try to work with him, and um, if we can't do that, then it would be time for a change at some point. I wanted to quickly touch on how the city uses its development strategy. Um, where are you on the way that incentives or other tax increment financing or other incentives are used? And just kind of briefly, what would you change as mayor in the way that the city uses these incentives? I haven't had a chance to look at my cards at all. It's been a rip-roaring <laughs> conversation. Well, and, you know, if 25 years and 10 appearances, and I'm always on the same page. So if I can't handle this. I'm not, if I'm not ready now, you know. So let's talk about the money we've given away on uh, tax advantages, uh, increment financing, and abatements. Um, everybody knows the figures. In the last 10 years, we've given away $300 million on uh, tax breaks, $200 million of it for the schools. So I won't mention any names like Lida's, but some of our older people. You just did. Well, it slipped out. Well, I live. I don't know how to tell. Fine. Just, just, no, I, just continue your point. Well, but. sure. I live. I don't know how to tell this to Lida. The Central West End is not a blighted neighborhood. I know I live there. And when I asked her why she was giving tax abatements to every ta Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, who applied, she said, well, they'll just go somewhere else and everybody is doing it. That's not good enough for me. Do you think, though, that that that. You know, I've asked this as a rejoiner. If if, if 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 we give up all the tax incentives well, and Chesterfield or St. Louis County start wooing places over there, is that going to put us at a disadvantage? Well, there's different kinds of people asking for them. As you know, 85 mm percent -hmm. of them have gone to the Central Corridor and only 4 percent north of Delmar. So I said this 25 years ago, and I'm still saying it. So either I can't get off my the rock or... I believe it. If you build strong neighborhoods, a strong downtown will follow. But the reverse is not necessarily true. So we don't need a mayor who's going to say yes to the business community, rich people, the central corridor, and if there are any crumbs left over, the neighborhoods can have them. You need to give your tax incentives in the neighborhoods where they do the most good. And I have two rules for tax incentives. 
Because when you're giving a 10, 15, or 20-year increment <coughs> financing or abatement, you need abatement for housing, maybe. That's, that's the best use of it, so especially if you're going to be using your, your troubled and misguided youth on the street to be trained to do that. Um, two rules. Because if you're giving it 10, 15, 20 years, what you're saying is you're betting that nobody else will build on that property without the incentive in the next 15 or 10, 15, or 20 years. And that's a fool's bet. So especially Central West End, but real downtown, Central Corridor. So here are the two rules. Whatever we're abating, I want an increase in our taxes from day one. So maybe you can only abate 50%, not 100%. I want, if you're going to build with our help in, in abatements or increment financing, I want increases to the city from day one. And it may vary project to project. There are complicated issues that are not easy to generalize on. And the second thing is I don't want to lose one of our dollars for schools. 200 million we've lost for schools by betting that nobody else would ever build there. These are complicated issues which I don't understand all the details of. But I know that to give away 300 million over the last 10 years that we really needed for police, for high rises in the Central West End, that, that can't possibly be good for the city. And we're going to do it differently under my administration. Not loss of $1 from day one, and we're going to lose none for the schools. And if that's not good, of, and none for the sports, and um, if that's not good enough for them, um, they can go somewhere else. Now, one of the things that came up at that forum, but is also percolating. The one that I wasn't invited uh, to fill out is, an application for because they didn't want a progressive old wait, wait, white wait, old wait, man wait, taking wait, votes wait, away from the black wait, candidates. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, okay. I wish I were there. Bill, 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 we want to save your time. Okay. Is, I'm the best uh, judge of where should the it's, city it's used? I didn't be allowed get a level to re-enter the county? I mean, that's an issue, yeah, that, I, I, and because sure. it, it would save the city money in that a lot of the county well, functions would go away. So it's, it's, and now the county would maybe have more responsibility, but they also would then get another share of tax dollars from city residents. So for city residents, actually, the, there's a question of whether or not they would save any money, just be different on who mm -hmm. they would pay their taxes to. But my question is, what is your view of that? Yeah. And um, if you support it or don't, why? Sure. So it's a complicated issue. Um, it's on none of my cards. It hasn't come up yet. It's not something I focus on, but it's something that we should be able to address. So let me mention four or five ideas that uh, occur to me when I think about it. Those who have been advocating for reunification have been terrible at articulating what that means exactly. Um, second of all, it doesn't mean combining the police departments. It doesn't mean com combining the schools. I come from Cleveland, you know, that was a city within Cuyahoga County. It seemed to work out just fine. We had a board of county commissioners. Every city had their own thing. Um, it'd be nice to do it for statistical purposes. That should be able, that should be doable because then when we'll be 40th on people's list on crime and stuff instead of fifth. So you need to do it for statistical purposes. The problem with any sort of, one of the problems with any sort of reunification is that the city is democratic and the county is about, is split about 50-50. Well, county is more about 60-40 Democrat right now. All right. But the Republicans in the county will not, because it has to be proved by a vote of both, yes. will not be inclined to vote for something that will dilute 
their representation. And, and you're not in favor of like a statewide initiative. You would want this to be decided between city and county voters. Is that correct? Or is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, that is. I, and I hadn't um, articulated that way. Well, it has to be way. voted on by the city I, and I'm, by the I've county. I've been asking every, that question yeah, because I, I think that it's a strong well, possibility someone like Rex Singfeld may take it statewide because oh it may God. be easier to pass. But right. continue. So, right. so here's the deal. If we, if we get our crime in order, if we get our education in order, which is how you get your crime in order, and we make this the city that other places in America look at to say, that's how you do it in urban America. And if I didn't think I was the one to do that, I wouldn't be chasing it 25 years. Then it'll be a lot easier to talk to the county about things we can do together. Mm -hmm. Now, combining county offices has some advantages, but city people, folk, we don't want to give up electing our people. It's, it's one way we keep sort of a racial balance in our elected officials. So I don't it's not on my radar as important, except maybe the statistical purposes piece. I'm about solving crime and education, not uh, in, the, in reverse order is the causation piece. And um, it's like there was the environmental thing that I was in uh, forum that I was actually invited to, but it had to work because I'm in training and I, I had already missed two days. Nobody is greener than I am. And so if the environmental people want to tell me what I should be doing, I'll be glad to do it if it doesn't cost any money. But if you don't solve crime and the education piece that causes crime, you don't belong in the mayor's office. This isn't a, I can't think of the word, this isn't a placeholder's office. If you're not about making dramatic change, um, you know, two things, if I can. Um, I don't talk about my Yale and Harvard law much, but um, if you think you're smarter than anybody else, you've sort of missed the point. My attitude about that is you might not be a lot dumber than everybody else. So you figure if anybody can sort this stuff out, why not I? Why not you? Um, and you don't set limits for yourself. And when the first 10 things you try don't work, you have the confidence that you will find the answer. Everybody's smart if encouraged to be often in different ways. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty smart in some ways, like thinking of issues, finding middle grounds, being creative when, when solutions don't work, and setting your vision high. The fact that I've run five times uh, shouldn't mean everything, but it should mean something. Because if you, don't have, if you don't think these problems are solvable and the confidence that you are one of those have a contribution to, make solve, to solve them, you won't have any chance at all because your vision won't be set high enough. So I say to the people uh, in speeches and here if we're wrapping up or whatever mm -hmm. if, if i um if i don't get this that's my loss because it's what i want to do but i think it's their loss too because i think i'm the best candidate ever to stand before them and ask for their vote and if you can do it it's as they say in texas if you can do it it ain't bragging i i um do I have another minute? You have one more minute. One more minute. Fine. And you just made a great closing statement. Well, so this is related. I have a new dog, Elvis the Hound, and he was in the shelter for a year. He was so shy. And so when we started dating, and then I took him for his first walk, and he started getting hysterical because he was near some people, I put my hand on him, and I said, Elvis, we've got this. And he calmed down, and we just had our five-month anniversary. So I'm telling to the people of St. Louis, I've got this. And with me as your mayor, you know, we got to do it together. We've got this. And I hope I get the chance to show them that. 
Well, we want to just say thank you for coming in here. We've given you 40 minutes, and we we want the people of St. Louis to get the most information about their candidates as possible. So for all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at... Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. Follow Rachel on Twitter at... At R. Lippman, two P's and two N's. How can people... Bill Haas at, at Vote Haas. I was just going to say, how can people find out more about your campaign? Well, I have a, a website, VoteHaas.com, mm-hmm. and I have a Twitter, which I don't do at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I know how to do it now. Fair enough. And it's... Um, at Vote Haas. All right. We'll, okay. be, we'll be back next time. Until then, so long. I see you coming down the aisle hailing from parts unknown. I really want to get to know you, but you leave me stone cold. You got me really rumbled. You smack me down. I want to get you in the ring. And-